Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Who are we here for? I'm here in complete solidarity with Iran and with the women of Iran and the young women of Iran. California is home to one of the largest populations of Iranians outside of Iran. And some will tell you, to be Iranian right now, it feels different. And it is so easy to get beaten down by what's happening in Iran and what's happening for years. But I have hope. And what gives me hope is those young women who are risking their lives to fight for freedom. You know, we look at history and For weeks, Iranians in the Bay Area have been protesting the death of Masa Amini, a 22-year-old Kurdish-Iranian woman who died in police custody in Iran after she was arrested for not wearing her hijab properly. Protests have broken out around the world. In Iran, the government has cracked down hard and blacked out the internet and social media. And that's why so many in the Iranian diaspora say Their role in this moment, in bringing attention to what's happening, is more important than ever. There's a lot of stories in the country that don't make it out. So sharing what does come out of the country is a really big deal. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Today, the Iranian-Americans speaking out in The Bay. I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, 
please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Does something feel different to you this time around? Yeah, it definitely does. Ida Mojadad is an education reporter for the San Francisco Standard. There's been other protests, movements in the past. They've been squashed pretty handily by the government. And this time, the protests are still continuing. They are still being repressed, quite horribly so. But people are still persevering and... It's the, the, the like level of unity across like race and uh, ethnic and class lines in the country is very different than in past movements. And so us seeing this still happening, these videos still coming out of the country despite the internet blockages, those give us motivation to keep you know keep paying attention, to keep sharing it with our networks and, um, you know, probably mostly (laughs) so that people in Iran know that the world is thinking about them and that all their protests are not in vain. You cover education, but you're also Iranian-American and you've actually been on our show before to talk about your Iranian-American identity. I'm curious what your phone has been like these days, Ida, just like your texts, your WhatsApp, your social media, and your intake, I guess, looked like. It's been pretty unhealthy, probably. <laughs> I'm on Instagram a lot. That is where a lot of the videos I'm finding are um, on Twitter as well. But, you know, like some of my my cousins who are from Iran but are in the U.S. now, they're sharing all the time. And we're constantly sharing things in DMs, too. And I'm, you know, I'm asking them to explain the significance of certain things that I don't get because I didn't grow up there. It's hard not to be glued to your phone, trying to find these videos, trying to figure out what's going on, because there isn't a great idea of what's happening outside of that. I mean, so the death of this 22-year-old woman set off protests all over Iran, but how active Ida has the diaspora been, including in the Bay Area over the last few weeks as a result of what's going on in Iran? It's been pretty active in the Bay Area. California is said to be uh, home to the largest population of Iranians outside of Iran, and many are in the Bay Area. Uh, It's really hard to get an exact estimate because of the way that Iranians are designated on the census, but Persis Karim, the director of the Center for Iranian Diaspora Studies at San Francisco State University, uh, estimates that it's at least 100,000 people of Iranian descent. There was a pretty large human chain at the Golden Gate Bridge that first weekend. The second weekend, there was a global day of protests, including in San Francisco, where they gathered at Union Square and went to City Hall. There was another gathering outside of Berkeley City Hall, where there's another 
large community of Iranians there too, of Iranian-Americans in Berkeley. And uh, then on Sunday, they really rallied around this one gathering to get the attention of, of higher officials in the country. Yeah. Tell me about that protest, which I understand you went to this weekend. Can you tell me a little bit about what you saw? A uh, officer estimated that there were about 2,000 people there. From my view, it was mostly Iranians. You know, you could tell that the people there kind of really <laughs> needed to to be around people who were feeling the same way, looking at the same things, and um, to kind of process. I saw a lot of tears. You know, there was a lineup of people who spoke with, like, again, the intent to have people outside of the Iranian community be aware of this and call for the same things. So also on Sunday, there was drumming and singing along to very meaningful protest anthems throughout the years, including the latest one that people have been singing along to at these protests that were made up of tweets from Iranians about why they're fighting. What are some of the things that you heard from local officials who spoke at this rally about why they were out there? And now, Masa Amini, her story could be all of our story. Yeah, um, Board of Education Commissioner Lainey Matamidi, she is Iranian-American. We all carry the knowing of who we are and where our families came from and what we have lost. The home that has been taken from us but exists in our minds as a form of hope. She's an example of someone whose family has been in the States for a long time. And as she said, we still never forget. It's still with us. The gathering on Sunday, all the protests that have been happening in the Bay Area, around the country, around the world, are a testament to that. I know you spoke to a lot of Iranian-Americans who were there at that protest that day. Can you describe for me just what people were saying and what they were demanding? It's hard to say exactly what people are coalescing around right now, but pretty broadly, they mostly just want people to keep the awareness going. A lot of a lot of past, you know, protest movements like Black Lives Matter, people, you know, have been criticized for just sharing on social media. But that is really the ask this time. They don't want what's happening to be forgotten. Uh, one of the organizers that I spoke to, she, she put it, we can't, we feel like we can't let this die. We can't let the momentum die. We can't let it be forgotten. We we just want people to know that this is still happening and so that the the Iranians inside the country know that the world is with them. People are tired of bad news, uh, we understand, but continuing to share some of those videos that they see, that they come across, means a lot more than you think it does. What was mentioned a handful of times was uh, the recent action by the Canadian government to, to bar uh, a handful of people at the top in Iran from ever coming into the country. And so it sounds like there's a desire to, to have that happen in the States here. I want to ask you about the awareness piece, because I feel like sometimes sharing something on social media feels 
like the least that I could do, but also it doesn't feel super impactful. But I feel like there's sort of a deeper element to it. I know I've seen Iranian Americans posting screenshots of like texts from family in Iran just asking their stateside family, like, please share what's happening here. Like, please use your voice. Can you talk about why the awareness element is so important right now to this particular story? It is interesting that that is like really the the main ask that people have, because like you said, it does feel like the bare minimum in so many other instances. However, the media that comes out of Iran itself for the past 40 years has been very limited. People have a very limited view of what happens inside the country. And at the same time, a lot of the reporting that happens in the country is very controlled by the government. And there's not a lot of Western media that covers it beyond really big flare-ups. So there's a lot of stories in the country that don't make it out. And in this case, it's a really big deal what's happening inside the country. So sharing what does come out of the country is a really big deal because it's not for nothing. Then the people in the country aren't losing their lives, aren't being arrested, aren't being persecuted for nothing. And the world can know what is still happening. I mean, have you been able to connect with other Iranian-Americans here as a result of what's happened in Iran? As a result of one of those one of those posts that I came across on Instagram, I, I did get connected with an Iranian American woman who has this idea to make a short film about what what people dream about a free Iran, what their free Iran looks like, and um, had a really interesting conversation, a lovely conversation. So I'm, I'm glad to have met someone out of that. What's that been like, just to even meet that one person? It's interesting because we actually are in like fairly often communication since we spoke. Um, You know, it's like we hadn't ever met. We've never seen each other, but we've been on the phone sharing these deeply personal things just because we know that the other is going to be very receptive to that, is going to know the base fundamental feelings behind those. And um, yeah, we've, we've still stayed in touch. What do you hope ultimately comes out of this? Or another way to ask this is like, what do you dream about for Iran? First and foremost, you know, I want the, the people in the country to to feel like they have those basic human rights that they don't have right now. And then on the other hand, there's, uh, like I said, so many of us outside the country who haven't been able to go in or out and haven't really been able to really know the country that forms so much of our identity, of our background, of our culture and our tradition. So that's what I want. Well, Ida, thank you so much for sharing your perspective with us again. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you. That was Ida Mojadad, a reporter with the San Francisco Standard. By the way, KQED's got a guide with four ways to take action in solidarity with the people of Iran. I'll leave you a link to that piece in our show notes. This 30-minute conversation with Ida was cut down and edited by Alan Monticilio. Producer Maria Esquinka scored this one and added all the tape. The tape you heard from protests in Iran is from journalist Masia Alinajud. 
If you're new to our show, welcome. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening so that you do not miss a beat. Our show is also on Twitter at The Bay KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.